0: Welcome to Being a Successful Leader with Carl Welty. Carl is a leadership pioneer with years of challenging leadership and consulting experience. Here's Carl with some valuable insights, practical and proven methods for being a successful leader. Greetings. Uh, Carl Welty here, your host of the podcast series, Being a Successful Leader. The intent is to provide you with valuable insights and practical and proven uh, know-how. Uh, to be a successful leader. And the upshot of the whole thing would be to maybe to gain greater clarity, competence, and, and competence to move things forward and feel pretty good about that. Three imperatives I have for successful leadership. The first is uh, being a self-aware and skillful leader. The second is uh, formulating executing a sound strategy. And the third one is building a culture of commitment. So self-aware and skillful leader, sound strategy, and culture of commitment. We have 26, uh, episodes. In fact, this is the last one now, uh, in the three areas of focus and the episodes, uh, revolve around each of the three, uh, areas of focus are the uh, leadership imperatives. Uh, we're in the, uh, final one building commitment. As I said, it's the last in the, in the series and uh, we finish up with uh, the topic of growing teams. Um, it's a logical transition as you build a culture of commitment to go from all the good stuff we've talked about and working with the individuals that you've selected, you've clarified expectations, you've done performance coaching, and now you multiply all of that good stuff by working with the team and get the synergy of the teams working for you. So we'll discuss uh, uh, uh difference between groups and teams in this episode and and how to go about uh, growing high-performing teams definition of a team uh various components here a uh, small number of people uh they have complementary knowledge and skills um they do a good job of collaborating toward unifying uh, unifying purpose and they use common processes and tools and hold each other accountable both individually and and collectively uh towards achieving their shared aspirations small number of folks Complementing knowledge and skills, uh, unifying purpose, common processes and tools, accountability towards shared aspirations. Okay, so uh, groups and teams. uh, You can't just announce that you're going to go from a group to a team. You can't uh, anoint and say, okay, here we are starting Monday, we're going to be a team. Obviously not. It's a constant effort and requires commitment, know-how, and and, uh, discipline to uh, develop a team and and keep the team uh, uh, intact and improving. Uh, Teams can be fragile. A lot of it has to do with trust, trust and accountability and so forth. And that trust, as you know, takes quite a while to build up and sometimes can go the other way real quickly. Uh, Let's talk about teams and teamwork. Teamwork I define as the spirit of cooperation and communication. And any group can benefit from teamwork. Um, all groups uh, do that. But a high-performing team is much more than just team work, and we'll talk about that. Uh And teams aren't for everybody. Uh Two reasons why this is uh, so. Number one, the organization as a whole or an or organization unit uh, or the leader of the unit may not be ready. They're just not ready to do that either mentally they don't see the benefit or they maybe don't have the skills or what have you to make it happen. The second reason for teams not being for everyone is that the organizational structure, the nature of the work and the work processes don't warrant. For example, let's say we had a collection of regional sales reps spread out throughout a territory. Uh, teamwork is great. They come together and they share ideas and so forth and what have you. But the idea of making them a team, uh, probably, probably is not the wisest idea. Um, uh, so maybe in their own areas, they could be a team, but to have a team of sales reps, probably not the best idea. So not for everybody. Uh, the key thing is that the greater the degree of interdependence, interdependence required amongst the people doing the work, the greater the chance that teams will be beneficial. So interdependence is, uh, is a key part. And my, my example with the sales reps, there weren't, there's not a high degree of interdependence there. So why teams? Why is this a, g- a good deal? Uh, well, th- th- the key is that there's an ever-increasing work-world pressures, fierce competition, technological advances, cost management issues, information technology, heightened customer expectations, and the rapidity of change. All that up to getting the benefit of people collectively working together and, and, and making it happen as, as a team. And the benefits of uh, a true uh, high-performing team, is that you have shared leadership. There's more knowledge and experience brought together, greater focus on where the action is, faster and more effective decision-making, greater individual commitment, greater innovation, greater awareness and addressing of customer issues, organizational learning that takes place, and and freeing up leaders to perform higher-level value-adding work. Types of teams. (laughs) The basic breakdown is you got ongoing teams and time limited teams. Time limited teams being ad hoc, beginning and end, that kind of thing. Ongoing teams, I divide that into two. You have your natural work groups. This is your departments, your sections, uh, and what have you. And, uh, they, they are, they're the functions they perform. Uh, that's the natural work group. Uh, that, that could be a team. It could be a group, but it could turn into a, a team with some effort. The other type of uh, ongoing team is what I call coordinating teams. A good example of that is executive and leadership teams that spread across uh, the uh, organization or the uh, section of the area and so forth, and they come together and they coordinate things amongst each other in that particular uh, region, let's say. Time-limited teams. Uh, time-limited teams are like project teams, where people come together to implement a particular project uh, new product teams, a launch, let's say, and improvement teams to take a process and improve it or maybe uh, come up with a new process. Those are some examples of time-limited teams where there's a beginning and an end. Now, in addition to the kinds of teams, there's other two types we need to talk about, and that's cross-functional teams and self-directed teams. You're probably aware of that. And uh, let's talk about that. They These self uh, Cross-functional and self-directed teams refer not to the type of teams like we just talked about, ongoing and time limited, uh, as much as the way it's constituted, managed or operates. Uh, I divide by this into two. You have cross-functional teams uh, where the membership is drawn from across the organization. They come together for a particular, uh, project, let's say. And it, it, uh, are an ongoing cross-functional teams like a committee that's time limited, but there's a committee form. So cross-functional teams uh, fall into those two categories. Self-directed teams, a little bit different. Now, self-directed teams uh, has to do with the amount of leeway, if you will, the amount of discretion the team has to plan and control their own work. Um uh, it, it has to do with how a team is designed to operate, the, the amount of autonomy afforded again, to plan and control their own work. And and limited supervision or less supervision is is given or needed because the team is works more on their own. They're more self-directed. An example of this is uh, some years ago, I worked with a city and they wanted to begin to implement self-directed teams in their maintenance uh, department. They have three regions within the city and they maintain the parks and the streets and what have you. And the, uh, uh, we I worked with them. We, we went through uh, developing some results and roles and that sort of thing. And they began to meet daily. They'd come in and each of the th- three separate teams would meet and they would plan and control their work for the day and the equipment and so forth, what they needed, what have you. And because of that, uh, there was less, less need for the general foreman, or general foreman, in this particular case, to uh, supervise. And the idea was not to Cut, you know, the staff, but they actually got by with having less supervision over time. And, uh, and the teams did very, very quite well. They would rotate the leadership, uh, uh, inside the a team member, like every six months. So that's an example of a self-directed team where they they planned and controlled their own work doing the maintenance for the city and the uh, general foreman role he would back up and just do, do general management and make sure they're okay providing with the uh, resources what have you but day to day the team would uh, plan and control their own work now as teams form be they natural work groups or uh, time uh, time limited teams they go through stages this is particularly true of uh, time limited teams all teams begin as an immature group, even a, uh, a, uh, natural work group that they haven't done this before, or, or they're just forming as a, as a natural work group, work group. They are uh, immature to begin with. So there's, there's different stages we go through, or the teams go through, or groups trying to be teams. Uh, the forming stage, and that's, that's just beginning and, uh, kind of getting their, their bearings, that sort of thing. And then they go to a storming stage where they need to develop a sound strategy, which we've talked about in past episodes, the identity and direction, the roles and responsibilities, the work processes, all these important processes and structures they need, the meetings, how they're going to do that, and the communications, how they're going to communicate. And struggles are inevitable as in the storming stage, but constructive conflict, not destructive constructive conflict uh, is encouraged. Um, uh, being able to speak out and not be, uh, concerned about uh, being embarrassed and that sort of thing as we collaborate to solve issues together, constructive conflict, something to be encouraged. So we go from the forming stage to the storming stage and then the, what's called the norming stage. This is where guidelines and processes uh, come forward to resolve conflict. And you have agreements, uh, plus accountability agreements of how we're going to uh, work together in terms of our, uh, commitments to one another and how we're going to hold each other accountable. They're becoming a team now. They're becoming a team, but they got to go through these other stages of forming and storming. And then they get to the performing stage where they're aligned toward achieving the results, whatever it is they're organized to achieve. They're making significant progress. So those are kind of some of the stages that teams typically are groups go through to become teams. There's actually a fifth for a time limit teams. That's the adjournment stage. Where we did it. Hopefully celebrations in hand. Good work. We feel proud about it. And now let's go back to, uh, our, uh, w- where we came from before. And, and of course with, with, uh, uh, time limited teams, you know, you could have part time membership or full time membership, like on a project team. Uh, a person could be spending maybe half the time there and half the time back in their functional area or full time. That's all part of the organization, the forming stage. Now, characteristics of a high performing team. I have four building blocks. I like building blocks. Um, the first building block is results. We got like when the teams are forming and storming and so forth, we got it anchored down. Why do we exist? Why, why does this team exist? And, uh, uh, what are our shared aspirations? And then we go f- from that to accountability where they, they begin to uh, hold each other as individuals and, and as a team accountable to achieve those desired results so results accountability and then and the third building block is there's a high degree of collaboration needed open genuine skillful and timely dialogue about how things are going and where we're going and how we're doing and that all adds up to the foundation of trust and trust is so important with any with a group especially with a team Uh, building an environment of psychological safety for the team members. They can speak up. They're not afraid to voice their opinion and so forth. So you need the other three building blocks first. You can't start with trust. Okay. We're going to trust one another. No, we got to have a common map of our results and accountability and collaboration. And as we, as we work together through that, that develops the trust. So trust is the the, the bottom of these uh, building blocks, like the foundation, if you will. Okay, important mechanisms for especially for time-limited teams here. That through my experience, I've I've garnered this. One is the need for a project sponsor. These people are coming together, maybe from different parts of the organization for a project. Let's say, uh, and and who's going to commission the project? It could be several officers are involved, but you know maybe there's two or three involved. Maybe one uh, is the project sponsor. And and it's somebody that the team needs to turn to when they need to, when they're experiencing roadblocks and that sort of thing, somebody to kind of block and tackle for them as needed. So important mechanisms for time loop teams, one is a project sponsor. And the other is a project or team charter. This is very much like the action plan project specifications that we talked about back in the episode of crafting an action plan, colon project specifications. So this, this is typically like a one page piece, why the team is created, the project specifications, which is all about the desired outcomes to be achieved, the results to be achieved. And then a summary of accountabilities, the project a shorthand kind of thing, a summary, the project sponsor, the project leader mainly. So those are the ingredients of what I call a project charter or a team charter. Uh, another and the final one I'm going to talk about here, important mechanisms for time limited teams is team agreements. Uh, team agreements are really the principles and ideas that leader and the team members deem essential for their success. Principles and ideas. These are the commitments that they're going to make in working with one another and then holding each other mutually accountable for those commitments, uh, in terms of preparing for meetings, in terms of, of uh, being able to speak up, uh, that those sorts of things. And team agreements are applicable to ongoing teams also, such as leadership teams, as we talked about earlier, uh, as well as time limit teams. Okay. Team tools. I'm just going to finish with this. Team tools, uh, t- what we're talking about here is, is tools uh, that facilitate and make more effective and efficient, uh, the team's collaboration and decision making. And I heartily encourage, heartily encourage all of you as, as leaders to, equip yourself, get your toolbox full of applicable tools, and then learn how to use them at the right place and the right time. And you'll find if you're not already doing this, you'll find, you know, it just makes it easier. It makes it more fun. And your team members really like it too. Okay. And uh, it just makes the whole thing a lot more uh, effective, efficient, and fun. Now the types of tools on top of we talked about some of these in our our series here. And in, in the book, by the way, again, I mentioned my wealthy.com, go there and you'll see my three books that parallel the three, uh, leadership imperatives. And also you can click on the, the, uh, icon for this, uh, series and you can go back and, and capture any past episode or listen to it again. And, uh, there's in the, in the, uh, the, uh, collaborating, uh, uh, building a culture of commitment. In the back of the book, uh, on, uh, teams, growing teams, there's a, it's a pretty good collection I have of tools that I think you'll find useful. And it talks about when to use it, how to use it and so forth. And you get maybe if you haven't done it, go, go, go visit those pages in the book. We don't have time now to go through this here, but, uh, and, and start to apply some of those and have some fun and get some gains. Some of the tools we talked about in this series are goal analysis, recall how to clear up fuzzies. Problem analysis, especially the is, is not part of that. Is, is not in contrast. The decision making framework, the five stage model we talked about. Um, and action uh, planning. Those are some of the tools that I'm talking about here. And, uh, you already, if you've been through this series, uh, experienced some of that. And I encourage you to continue filling your tool chest. Well, in, in finishing here, that's, that's it for the series. I, I, I really enjoyed bringing the series to you. It was an opportunity for me to share effective leadership insights, practical know-how that I've gained throughout my career. It's been a lifelong passion for me, leader, organization, team effectiveness. And I've been fortunate enough to feed that passion through my personal experiences as a leader, coach, and consultant. And uh, now I'm really talking about it and writing about it more and more in hopes of sharing it and passing this on. I sincerely hope that you have derived significant value from the series. And again, go back and capture the other episodes that you may have missed. Um, now the website will continue to be an ongoing research for you because as I mentioned, right? The podcast is stored there and the books are presented there, but stay tuned because I'm planning another podcast, uh, working with, uh, the same, the same group, uh, uh, the uh, radio webcast group and the, uh, focus now of the new one will be not so much how to uh, which has been very valuable but focusing on the first leadership commitment uh, being a, uh, a uh, skillful and self-aware leader and uh, it's going to coincide it'll probably be several weeks before we get it up and running but it's going to coincide with the release of my new book which is going to be called Leadership Begins With You so you can look forward to that too Okay, it's been an exciting time, and again, I hope you really benefit from it. You take care of yourself. Use this stuff. It's good stuff, and uh, you'll, be, uh, you'll be happy that uh, you, you, ha- you applied it and you deliberately work on it to make things better. Okay, you take care, and we'll see you down the road.